0: Hound Entertainment presents
1: Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Sweden, and the Speakeasy Studio
2: in the United States, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil.
1: Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name is Phil Boyer, and as always, from the land where everybody loves KISS, and everybody's a drummer, my buddy... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mike Svensson, Mike, how the hell's it going over there in Sweden? It's going good. I, I was
2: rooting for the Vikings, but then the kiss and, and the drama parts. I uh, well, so I'm good to go. So,
1: <laughs> well, we could talk about the Vikings too.
2: No, no, we, we are all good with that. We we cover that. We could do a like a separate podcast on 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 the Vikings, but. It,
1: we're all good <laughs> the, the land where the helmets have horns there we go no oh <laughs> you horrible horrible american stop it right i know now. i know <laughs> i know <laughs> uh, but hey today once again yes. we have somebody very special with us why we don't have... you introduce our most excellent guest today i will
2: his name is bjorn hoglund uh, he's a drummer extraordinaire and has worked with among others uh, symphong- symphonic metal band Therion and one of my favorites, Swedish cult workers, Easy Action from back in the 80s, in early 80s. Those are some cool guys right there. So, <laughs> yeah. Bjorn, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs>
2: <laughs> better than the Viking, right? Yeah, I got yeah. the better introduction for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we're but gonna I... dig right into into this, uh, Bjorn, uh, and 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 put you on the spot right away. How old were you when you first discovered music? Well,
0: I, I get I started playing drums when I was three, oh, so wow. or I'm, I'm at least you know, banging pots and pans, you know, you know the drill. But uh, apparently, music ha- had got a hold of me at, at that age. My dad was a was uh he was a play- he was a musician in, in a dance band i don't know phil what you your what you're, do you have any take on that phenomenon that swedish phenomenon <laughs> that is dance bands
1: i i, I don't really i don't know i'm not very familiar with it so
0: well this was i was born in 71 and in the mid 70s this thing called dance band and that culture was huge i mean at that time we had I don't know, help me out, Mike, if I'm wrong. I think we had about 7 million or 8 million people living in Sweden.
2: Yeah. And we had
0: 5,000 dance bands yeah. playing six nights a week all over the country. And people would turn out, there were venues all over the place between small villages up in the north and in the larger cities. It, it was a huge cultural phenomenon. People would show up and dance for four hours, like social yeah. dancing for the, mm-hmm. to, to these bands.
2: Could we, like, compare it to, to uh, like, the, the country music that was played in, in the Grand Ole Opry or something like that? You know, people dancing and and whatnot. And, and...
0: Yeah, probably. I think
2: that's that's the closest okay. thing to the American.
0: Yeah, and maybe even musically as well. There, there was yeah. a, it was mellow <laughs> and it was danceable, very soft. Uh, but the guys, the bands, they were, I mean, they were rock stars literally yeah, they, they were traveling yeah. with a lot of equipment like it was sort of competition between between the bands they would have like l- huge buses and, and like, it, it, they had a lot of stuff you know and the biggest bands they would sell i bet if they put out a record they would sell i don't know a hundred two hundred thousand two hundred fifty thousand copies yeah. of the album so they were it was a big deal and then uh, of course in the late 70s disco came along and everything sort of died. Yeah. <laughs> so this was <laughs> this was uh, a fantastic era in Swedish culture and my dad had a da- had a band like that. Not not one of the biggest bands but I early, you know, caught on to the, to what music was. There was always music at home and uh, apparently drums was my thing, you know. I there was no hesitation as to what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Cool. For sure. So I got my first drum kit when I was my pro- like real drum kick when i was five. Oh man
2: that's wow. Cool. wow that's a young age right and there like was lo-
0: and there was always these dance bands that those kinds of albums but of course most of the of the guys playing in those bands in the 70s they grew up early 60s so it was all Beatles, stones uh, mm. so i got my share of that and uh abba for sure and uh, a lot of elvis so oh, that was cool. my first you know, taste of music in the the earlier part of the 70s.
2: Did you go out and and buy your own records from that?
0: I basically had all the albums I needed. You know, the first album I I remember walking out of a a department store with with a vinyl of my own. It was Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) you know i'm sorry i wish it was something cooler but that (laughs) but it meant the world to me that i got my own record you know of course i was three or four at that time so
2: yeah
0: i hadn't discovered kiss yet (laughs) (laughs) but i I basically had all the albums i needed back home and i was deep into that abba and elvis and, and playing along to those records and you know playing along to my dad's tapes that he brought home from their shows so i could play along to them and and yeah it was all about music very early Cool. For sure,
2: what what? But what, what did you get a sense that when you wanted to buy more records yourself and the, getting to, to that rock and roll, and and was there in anything in particular you started to 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 buy? I mean, oh, you yeah. said you, you had like Elvis and, and 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 whatnot at home, but oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it was uh well, we had this na- i had this neighbor neighbor girl
0: who lived next door to us. Her name was Kateri- Katerina, and she uh, she was older than me. I mean, she must have been at this point at, in 77. Uh, she must have been like 13 or 14. All right. And we kind of hang- hung out because she realized she was heavily into music, and, and she realized that I was too, even though I was younger. So she was kind of cool to me, you know. So one day I was walking into her room, and there was this huge kiss poster. <laughs> i mean huge and and everything changed yeah. right there and of course within minutes i had i held uh, a live 2 in my hands and and we all know what that does when you open up that gatefold oh. we all know what that does to a, oh, a, an, an aspiring drummer six what, what was i six years old yeah so oh, that was man. that was that was it you know, i'm it was feeling old. you
2: man i'm feeling you i ha- had i had actually had a um Also a neighbor, uh, 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 one of those cool boys that was uh, like three or four years older than me, and I get to come home to to his apartment and see all the, the Kiss posters from, you know, the magazine poster. And right have you told I,
0: phil about that because that's another cultural phenomenon in sweden
2: <laughs> yeah i i don't think we we went into the they had a huge magazine back in the day in in the in the early 70s phil that that um uh were special made up with, with like color posters and mm-hmm. the the guy who owned that uh, he was uh, a german dude who owned a magazine uh, and and then he moved to Sweden and he brought all that with him and and he made special de- deals with the Casablanca to get exclusive pictures and and then he printed them and we all bought them and put them oh. up on our wall and and we grew up with that
0: everybody so, oh. bought them
2: i mean everybody yeah,
0: but- our, our age we we know the story and that that it's pretty much the only outlet we had if we wanted to find in- information about our favorite bands. You know, we had, yeah. we had the albums, uh, and then we had Poster Magazine, and that was it.
1: Mm.
0: Well, I mean, so cool. we had two TV channels, two TV channels. One, yeah. no, two, two, yeah, two TV channels back then. So there was no information at all. So we literally believed that Gene Simmons had his grandma's tongue sewed onto his own. <laughs> <laughs> oh i remember I mean, those, those
2: stories <laughs> yeah oh man. man we
0: believed all all of that
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the,
0: but then I, I mean uh of course that and that was a turning point and at least for me and uh but then i was uh, when i was a kid up until i was 11 i had like a severe ear infection like once or twice a year uh and i, I had to go to the hospital and, and puncture my eardrums like once or twice every year and every time I did that I got to buy KISS finals and and at that point they put out like three albums a year yeah you know two or maybe three albums a year so the bulk of my my KISS collection came very very early on so
2: (laughs) awesome and horrible at the same time yeah yeah (laughs) oh man
0: I appreciated it I mean I was all over those albums it was I, I still remember the day my dad came home uh, my the first Kiss album of my own that I got was, and this is not very, probably not of the, one of the more cooler albums, but it was Peter Chris's soul album. Yeah. Of course, because I was a drummer. And <laughs> so he, he came <laughs> home and I remember this clearly, he, he, he went down on his knees and he pulled it up from his briefcase. He, you know, the, the, the covers, they have the titles yeah. up in the corners, they have Kiss in one corner and the name of the guy, Guy's soul album in the other one. So I saw straight away that it was that album and my mom was standing right beside right behind me and I can hear her go oh no <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's cool
0: oh, but that's a, oh. but that, I mean that's a really mellow r and album so she actually enjoyed it so I yeah. was good from there on Kiss but, was okay
2: yeah was there a point in time when you remember it was a breaking point when you wanted to play music and, and form a band yourself
0: at that age for sure yeah, 11. Yeah, my first band was with my cousin, Thomas. He, yeah. he played piano. And we just... He, he spent a lot of time at our place. So We always played together. He was a great pianist. And he was 11. I was 6 at that point. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. 9. I was 9. nine. He was 11. We, there, there's, uh, We're 3 years apart. And we were always playing, like, instrumental stuff, boogie-woogie, whatever we could think of, you know? So Ooh. that was my first band when I was nine and he was 11 maybe we yeah. even started some years earlier
2: but you play boogie woogie you didn't try to do any covers with kiss and, and what... no
0: well not oh. really they, they, they those guys they were unreachable you know yeah uh, there was no point if i didn't have the makeup or risers and smoke bombs <laughs> and whatever <laughs> as long as i could play music i was good um, yeah. uh, i i didn't mind and uh, I'm, I'm, I've always been very open towards music. If it's, if it's good, it, it, if, if it has a good groove and, you know, a good melody, I'm, I'm all over it. So, yeah.
2: Cool. Uh, do you remember your first band, rock and roll band that you, you that you formed? Because I, I, I imagined you progressed from there. Well, actually that came kind of late because, right. uh, well, then we, this
0: all took place in a small town on on the east coast of sweden uh, called Hanersand, and uh we moved from there me and my mom moved from from Hanersand to where i am now in östersund that's like right in the middle of sweden yeah although people in the south consider it the north but it's right in the middle of sweden so i was around 10 and it took some years i, I took drumming classes um I didn't play that. We actually had a rock band when I was in seven or eighth grade. I, got, I actually got to play with the cool kids, you know, in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had our first real, like a melodic rock band back then. We did some, actually some pretty good demos. There was this guy who did this, who, at that point was, a, got to say, even today, a great songwriter. When he was in high school, he wrote like rock operas and stuff. Oh. So we had a pretty cool band and i actually one of those guys in that band i still make music with him today all right Uh, cool uh, we have a little side project that's called uh, the summits nice Oh, okay and uh, one of the guys is still he's the singer in that band is called michael and a couple of years later i guess i was around 12 or 13 i realized that i was living in the same town as 220 volts oh cool you know about (laughs) those guys
1: yeah uh, they they do my favorite christmas song actually there you yeah. go heavy yes, christmas. heavy christmas i love yeah, that song.
0: so I, I i mean i i played that that seven inch vinyl through <laughs> I, I played the needle through the plastic i mean i'm playing playing all the time <laughs> and at that point i realized i lived in the same town as they did they were here i could watch i could walk down the street and see those guys and was like wow <laughs> I, and that was mind-boggling to me. Yeah. That I, I suddenly that thing was you know within reaching distance. Yeah. So of course, fast forward, one of the other guys in the summit is Mats from 220 volts. So oh, now cool. I make music with that guy, which is also. that's great. That's great.
2: Yeah. So, so was there any doubt in your mind? to the the drums or was it always the drums or did you try out guitar or something like that
0: Uh, well i guess i did yeah i I think my dad wanted me to play something else just you know because he realized that i was really musical and so did my mom of course yeah and um so i i tried some bass and eventually i've always been like i i can't do what anybody else tells me to do so when i when i Let's sort of teach my first chords in the guitar. Well, I, 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 I can do this, you know. Yeah. So I play some guitar and some bass, but it's always been drums, even though I, I always say, you know, I, I, I don't consider myself a drummer. I consider myself self a player of songs because I'm oh. such a fan of, you know, the craft
2: songwriting. Cool. So you, you mentioned Peter Criss. Uh, was there any drummers when you grow up that, that you were inspired by?
0: Not at that point. Uh, mm. I don't think so. A- again, I was just playing along to songs I liked. It didn't, yeah. didn't matter what the drums were doing. It was the song and the music that, that inspired me to play. Uh, I To realize, you know, years later maybe who I've been inspired by because I can hear that I've been stealing stuff from them <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> like guys <laughs> like Vinnie <laughs> and uh, and uh, Alex Van Halen for sure.
2: Yeah but you clear, clearly moved into the to, to the rock and roll thing uh with, with the bands that you've played with uh, I, yeah was, i did
0: I, I did at least for a while but then something happened i, I met these guys uh in the early ni- late late 80s and we formed a band that played folk music okay cool uh it's a band called hoven droven and we we've been doing it ever since like for 30 years we've been putting out albums and touring ha- around half the world and uh, playing our own weird variety of folk music and rock and roll. So I get, I get to do the rock thing in that band too. It, it's instrumental. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. traditional Swedish folk tunes, but played uh, with saxophone and violin instead of vocals. Cool. Yeah. So cool. Uh, that came, came around and we did that uh, well a lot we played a lot between 94 and i'd say 2006 all right so basically
1: that's the only thing i was doing wow okay so that's that's interesting so so what i hear is you you've got a lot of you've got very eclectic taste like your tastes are all over the place it's not really centered in one genre is there Based on on that history of listening to all this different kinds of music, you mentioned, you know, the, the the folk music, and of course, there's the rock music as well. Is there any other music that you think you'd want to get into? Based on, oh, I listened to this album back in the day, or this kind of music, and it would be really cool to play it. Is there any any kind of genre that that you haven't gotten to yet? Uh, well, I, I played a lot of blues actually, uh, and I always enjoy okay. that. Actually, more than listening
0: to it. So that, that, that I could do easily because that's a
1: lot of fun. Okay. Interesting. Now um, let's get into your so, collection here. So what is your most prized vinyl piece of vinyl in your collection? What's the one record that no matter what you wouldn't give it up? I gave this, this some, some thought. Yeah. I ended up with this one.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's the uh, <laughs> it's uh kiss. Of course it's the originals too. The second originals compilation only released in japan yeah you know
2: the story
1: oh well i do not mike i'm yeah, sure mike you, does but I, i'm I gonna let
2: bjorn bjorn take this one a <laughs> <laughs> kiss fan are you feel, really. <laughs> you, you got know we're, we're getting into this my friend we're getting it, we're getting to the bottom of This today because i know that you're all as nerdy as me so we're but do do the original story <laughs> first, and, and then we'll get into it, the nitty gritty. Well, well the back to back to the poster magazine.
0: This was the one, not this one. Sorry, uh, a record that you always read about was Kiss the Originals. It was a compilation they put out uh, after the, 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 they had like a huge success of with Alive, the first Alive album. But by then they had already put out three studio albums that sort of bombed. So what they did is they put those three albums together as a compilation and to sort of ride the success of the live, the live album. And they called this The Originals. It was, I mean, these guys invented cool album packaging, like with posters and stickers and whatnot. And they, they did a very cool packaging of, this, uh, of these three albums, The Originals. But it was not released in Sweden. So, so for us, it was like the Holy Grail. You read about it but you couldn't touch it. You couldn't get it, you know? Uh, apparently, I think it was available on import in some store in Stockholm. I've heard stories about, but I'm not sure. Uh, and so it was released in the States, in Canada, and in Japan. That's it. But then, after as years wow. went on, I, I suddenly realized they put out a second, the originals, only in Japan. Like, after the next three studio albums so this package is uh destroyer rock and roll over and love gun wrapped in this beautiful japanese obi and it has the booklets and masks and it's just gorgeous and it's really hard to find it, it is mm. i got I it even... i
2: got it i had to say it i
0: had oh, to you do say it. nice but you agree <laughs> with me right it's, yes of course i, it's I do It's one of those things that and actually i thought i bought a uh i got i got it fairly cheap actually it's I, I i don't know today maybe you'll you have to pay like 300 400 for it yeah for
2: somewhere it? around that yeah in, oh, in yeah. a, a decent condition
0: right and this is, is in perfect condition and i bought it like eight years ago i think i paid less than 200 for
2: it yeah that's but, a good price
0: uh, oh yeah for sure but i i <laughs> was like i paid it i paid for it i made an offer on ebay I paid it for it. And then I went to Miami to go on the Kiss Cruise. I've been on Kiss Cruise like several times. And I met this guy named Marco. And he, he's actually the guy who shot the, the photo for this the Gatefold uh, Kiss Symphony album. You know the oh, center photo? Cool. Yeah. He did that. He shot that picture. And he's a huge collector. Mm-hmm. So we hung out. And uh, I told him the story about, you know, man, I got it. I got the originals too. And I was all psyched up. And he's he just looking at me and going, and "Okay, okay, not good for you, but you do know that there's a lot of replicas out there." <laughs> no, I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> so of
0: course I was like, "Oh sh- Oh, I bought a, I, I bought a counterfeit." You know, it's I probably that's why I got it so cheap. Yeah. But he said, "Okay, these replicas are so well done. They, 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 there's only one way you can tell that it's a replica." So now this is the point where you're going to start to sweat, Mikey. Okay.
2: Yes, I am <laughs> sweating already.
0: You know, the masks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you turn them over. Yeah. If the flip side is white and glossy. Yeah. It's a fake. The back side has to be raw paper, like grayish raw paper. Yes. Are you going to go and look at your copy now?
2: i i already did at um some days ago i actually i talked to a friend of mine about this and they are actually the real deal so i'm i'm oh, <laughs> oh good <laughs> oh man i didn't want to put you on the spot here. oh <laughs> damn it but my, mine was too oh cool i came home to a perfect you know copy of the originals too yeah. This, this is quite funny, this conversation, because Phil always says to me, is there something in the water in Sweden? Because, <laughs> I mean, all the people that, that I meet from Sweden are KISS fans, or, uh, and they are drummers, or at least they have been drummers. We had uh, Bjorn Street from, from Soilwork uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he used to be a drummer right uh, and he's a kiss fan and and it it, it has to do with, with with the poster magazine don't you think
0: well definitely if you only meet people that are that are about the same age <laughs> I yeah. mean, because when we grew up that's all i guess it was our only outlet our only way to be rebellious you know yeah we liked kiss because they were dangerous uh, the drumming thing i don't know mhm
2: I have no idea. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. I, I also used to be a drummer, uh, but, but not anymore. I don't know what that can be.
0: i know, no. everybody wants. Everybody wants to be a drummer. I can give you that. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be a drummer. That's, uh, that's so funny.
1: Uh, that's that's funny. Uh, okay, so on the flip side, okay, so so that kiss record, you, you'll never give that up. That that's your prized possession. What's the one thing that you that you're looking for, that holy grail that you don't have yet that you want in your collection?
0: Well, the new sheep trick album can't get here fast enough. It's like one month away. I need that now. Does that count? Or the sure uh, or the uh, why not? or ABBA's, I mean, the songs they have been promising us for two years now, they got to get here right now. I mean, like, yeah. I want that album right now.
1: Oh, wait a minute. I didn't hear about this. Yeah. There's new ABBA being rumored. It? Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, interesting. So, uh, they actually, okay. It
0: was around the premiere of the second Mamma Mia movie. So I guess they had to hype it some way. So they actually got together and recorded, they say two new songs, but this was what? Oh, four years okay. ago now. Yeah. It, I think so. it was supposed to be released that, that winter. Yeah. But I, I can bet a lot of money, or at least the amount of money I have on that they haven't made a, a complete album and that they're holding on to it for some reason. I think there's a whole album hmm. waiting. Ooh. That's just my Interesting.
2: thought. That'd be cool. Yeah, be awesome. I what, what be like, you know
0: what it's going to be like.
2: Yeah. You see, Phil, mm-hmm. when you're a Swede, no matter how much you try to deny it, ABBA is in your DNA. Yeah. 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 Even though we're rock and rolls, it's ABBA all the way. I I tried my my uh, growing up. I tried to deny it. But but then I (laughs) I went I went to London and I went to see the Mamma Mia show with with my wife and I was sitting there smiling, singing along to every other song they, they had. And this is what like in early 2000 or something like that. And then I went out and, and bought all, all the albums so I, I it was game over from there I, I you,
0: you, you can't <laughs> deny
2: those songs I mean no
0: even though I was a kid when I discovered them growing up you know you learn so much growing up about music playing songs but there's no denying those songs and what they did I mean it wasn't even uh, in, in the mid 70s late 70s the lyrics that Bjorn wrote it wasn't even that people didn't know back then about the English language that well. This no. was during the Swedish prog movement. Prague music was huge. And you weren't you weren't even supposed to make commercial music. And the fact that they wrote English lyrics that good that they could get a number one in the States, that was unheard of. Yeah. So I mean that guy doesn't get enough credit. No, for sure. It, I mean, it's always about Benny mm-hmm. and the music, but Bjornis, yeah, great lyricist.
2: Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because it's 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 all sort of like it's it's so easygoing and th- that you can I mean there is not one song that you you can't sing along with is it's like you say it, it, you know it by by the the lyrics and you know it by 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 listen to 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 the songs and it's I I remember because you said that that Bjorn doesn't get any credit and i read somewhere when they got together Bjorn and Benny they uh, were asked well how did you know when you you could write songs together and then they say we we didn't know we we actually still to this day don't know how how we do it because we were doing the same song all over again all, all the time and, and and we just changed the chords and <laughs> and so that's <laughs> that's what we're doing oh, wow. and no, the, I- those
0: guys, were, they're absolutely brilliant. I yeah, know. they are. And, and of and course, they, they, were, they were big in the States, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, they
1: were huge. Yeah, I remember as a kid in grade school, we'd have these uh, roller skating uh, little things where you'd go to the roller rink and it was sponsored by the school and we'd all go there and roller skate to disco music, right? And uh, yeah, ABBA was always on that soundtrack. They, they were always played on that. And on the radio, you, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing ABBA. And it was awesome. Did you get it? So, yeah, I'm oh, a big cool. ABBA fan. Did, did you give it like I
0: said, was it obvious that they were non American, that they were a Swedish band? Did people talk about that?
1: Uh, no, uh, well, not to me. I mean, I was young, I was probably what maybe eight or nine at the time that stuff came out, maybe a little older. So, not to me. I didn't even think about that. I actually really didn't think about what country a lot of the music came from and actually it wasn't until i got into the my later teens where i started thinking about like bands like iron maiden oh they're not from the united states (laughs) because you know it, it was just it was interesting i my thought my thought process didn't even go there actually and uh but you know we talk about sweden there is a phenomenal amount of great music in all styles of all genres that that come out of sweden i think sweden is is doesn't get a lot of a lot of credit or enough credit of you know for the amount of music that they give the world. That's that right, just my right. opinion, and I'm not just sucking up because there's two Swedes <laughs> on here. Exactly. What do you want really? What do you want?
0: <laughs> you know, but, but there is like there is a phenomenon they, they call it's called like the Swedish musical wonder because I mean it's still music is still high on uh, among our exports. It's like third, third, fourth, second export. You know, we have guns and mm-hmm. we have music. <laughs> because all these guys, I mean, just—I uh, mean, imagine the, uh, the the Cherion gang in the '90s that did—they snowballed this huge boy band, girl band, Britney Spears, uh, Backstreet Boys, a whole mm-hmm. new generation of just songwriters. I mean, not yeah. just bands—we have yeah. a lot of bands—but yeah. just songwriters. And today, when you look at the Billboard charts, I can—I I bet you, like. A third of the songs are in some way written by a swede it's just crazy how many great songwriters mm-hmm. and producers i have uh, a friend of mine well, grew up here in town and i played actually blues with him growing up he's a bit younger than me mm-hmm. he just took he grew up in that decade and everybody wanted, a lot of people wanted to be a songwriter because they realized that you can get great success and, and a lot of money thanks to guys like, uh, <laughs> well, of course, Max Martin. But well, there was uh, Dennis Popper before that and a lot of guys uh, after and around them. So now when I call him, you know, where are you? Well, I'm in LA. I'm writing music with this girl. Well, who is it? What's Alicia Keys? Oh, okay, gosh. say hi. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. So he did, and he's not one of the more known guys. I mean, there's so many guys, Swedish guys, producing, writing for world artists all the time. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling.
2: I've I've been trying to to explain to Phil about uh, uh, government-funded rehearsal spaces. That was like huge when growing up. That you could go because because I I know a couple of Americans, except for Phil though. They play in in <laughs> bands and and they don't know what the hell I am talking about. What What do you mean? Well, you could go to the place and you you can rent the drums and and the guitars and 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 the PA system and and you can, can you could rehearse there for like an hour and and it, it it almost cost you nothing. You had one of those cards that that you bought for like two dollars and and then you. You get to play for free, the whole year, and right? And actually, getting
0: paid to buy drumsticks and picks, yeah, whatnot what you need. Yeah. yeah, you're talking about mm-hmm. studio for
2: building, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you translate so, that? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Government funded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, government funded. You sign up. Yeah. Uh,
0: like it, it, you sort of create a, a class from your band. You know, you sign up, and then you get yeah access to a lot of you know cool stuff yeah
1: yeah See, i think that's awesome and and i think that's why sweden can produce so much great music is because they you you guys are very pro art over there i you know and, and it's here we're not so much here we like to cut art programs when funding goes low the first thing to be cut is we're going to cut the music you know classes or we're going to cut the art classes whatever but in Sweden, it, it's a completely different take, you know, and it, it's, and that's what I love about Sweden is that you guys, you focus more on the 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 people and the person and and what makes life and experience you know everything from fika (laughs) to music to art all that stuff right it's it's very people oriented and people focused where we're over here it's we got to work our ass off and there's no fika there's Mm -hmm. no time for fika here well that's for good and for good and bad i guess (laughs) i don't you know i i think it's good I, i i think it's a good thing and and that's why i think when when music comes out of sweden it's not i mean i'm sure there's mediocre bands out there but it's really really good stuff yeah you know and and so that that's why i say that again i'm not trying to suck up because there's two swedes on here but no but i
0: i i agree especially when i i mean growing up in the 70s and 80s there you also had the choice when you went to school like in third fourth fourth and fifth grade you got to pick an instrument to play you could choose between well it wasn't that cool it was like flute and mandolin for me (laughs) and then eventually you could (laughs) go on to like cooler instruments like drums and guitar but you had the option and and for sure piano i mean max Mm -hmm. martin who is one of the biggest songwriters in the world credits this system every time he gets the chance that he got to play piano and teach you know music uh, harmony harm science behind harmonies and stuff he always when he gets stuck writing a song today he goes back to those lessons that he got when he was a kid So, I mean, they built something really good there. But, of course, it was the 70s and 80s. The political landscape was different. Uh, It's all changing. I mean, we're there, too, now. When something has to be cut, it's culture programs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's sad. It is. It is. It's really sad. It's really sad.
2: So, talking about culture, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Bjorn. (laughs) What's your top three albums of all time oh yeah oh. yes there we go it's a new segment on on vinyl right now this is Bjorn Hoglund
1: the top well, three,
2: doing the top three. <laughs> well if you if you go back
0: and to the ones that influenced me the most yeah of uh, course like early on and I have to go back to Katarina actually our neighbor uh, girl of course showed me alive too that's still one of my landmark kiss albums everything yeah. about it i mean the era the love gun era the gatefold the packaging i actually listen more to that than i do to the first live album that is sort of the, the big one you know that broke them but i i really love alive too uh that was the first one and then she was also very much into punk music so i mean she gave me the two next albums that that i still listen to today and sort of back then felt me like I was cheating on Kiss, you know. (laughs) The first two albums that taught me, hey, it's okay (laughs) to listen to something other than Kiss. And it was The Clash, London Calling.
2: All right.
0: And it was the Cheap Tricks, Dream Police.
2: Oh, nice. And
0: those albums sort of made me feel like, okay, there's a lot of cool music out there. So maybe I I should give it a shot. And of course, it was the late 70s. There was so much good music. Yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. yeah unique music unique artists unique writers it's all very generic today isn't it
2: it is
1: it is i i blame the record labels we we've talked about it on the show I, I blame the record labels for wanting to make money they're putting the, the the capitalism aspect over the art i feel like back in the day in the 70s and 80s they allowed artists to do their music and they oh come on be creative do your thing and we'll promote it and now i feel like well you don't really have a sound that we can promote so sorry so every band now i feel wants to every new band wants to do a sound that everybody else is doing so they can get that that coveted record label and so yeah i I, music has gotten boring i feel that there's some exceptions don't get me wrong there's a lot of cool stuff out there but um yeah, I feel like it the 70s and 80s were some of the best era for music.
0: Yeah, and maybe a bit into the into the 90s as well, I'd say, but but um, yeah, and, and back then you the labels gave the bands like a look, you don't we don't you can put out a single and if it bombs, we're not going to drop you. You get one album. So, I mean, Springsteen didn't break until the fourth third album. I mean because they had money then and they could actually put time and effort mm-hmm. into your craft as an
1: artist. Right. Yeah. That's gone. Yeah. I mean yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. No no more no, artist development not at, all. Not at all.
0: But yeah, it's a shame. But then again, everything was better
2: <laughs> yeah. before, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but it's it's more sort of like we're we're actually the same age, the th- the three of us uh, almost. Uh, Phil is a, a year older than you and I, so <laughs> he's the old guy. But still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> growing <laughs> up, I, I mean, we covered this on 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 previous episodes on on Sons on Vinyl, uh, all the, the the stuff that. Came out in the early 80s. I mean, could you imagine all, all, all the stuff? Um, I mean, you got AC/DCs back in black. You, you got, you got all the Maiden stuff. You got Def Leppard and and Judas Priest and and Motorhead and 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 so forth. I mean, there was an endless stream of music growing up with all these huge bands.
0: and You had to buy uh, everything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I did. I did too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> still, still, still buying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The same albums over and over again. Yeah,
2: me too. Yeah, but yeah. but then of yeah. course, I mean,
0: today pop music. I love pop music. I do. I, I listen to pop music all the time. Uh, my girlfriend hates me for it. <laughs> She's not into that. You're right. I mean, she, <laughs> I, well, I heard this song from. I remember. Uh, that was it. Was Taylor Swift? Shake it off. Remember oh, right. that one? Yeah, it was a mm. big hit. And of course it was Max Martin who wrote it, the Swedish guy. Mm. I remember, you know, walking around singing along <laughs> to it and she was looking at me like, "You actually like this kind of music?" <laughs> yeah, well, what's not to like? I mean, it's a good beat, it's a good groove, it's a good melody, it's fun. Pop is fun. I mean, it is. So, but, but, but in the to... 70s and for sure in the early 80s, rock and roll was pop. That was yeah. the pop, that that was on the charts.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean
0: that that's what the kids yeah in general was listening to yeah maybe some you know new wave stuff but rock was big so growing up in that mm-hmm. uh, in in that environment of course that's what we became
2: yeah I mean, and 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 all the albums mm-hmm. like you mentioned before they they had stuff in them at, at at least for us kiss fans i mean stickers and posters and 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 whatnot um, i mean that's there's an appeal to that too when, when you're like 11 20 12 years old oh for
0: sure i mean yeah. and the covers and everything and that's what we mm-hmm. that's why we still buy vinyl because you get the whole deal you get the whole yeah. package i want to know i want to know who produced an album i like i can't really find that on spotify well maybe i can but i mean i i, I want it all you know yeah do you still buy mm-hmm. a lot
2: of vinyl records today oh absolutely i
0: started uh i started buying vinyl again i guess maybe 10 years ago maybe yeah. maybe 10 11 years ago and that was before the big vinyl you know boom happened so you can you could actually because i try i, I play i also play in a cover band we do like before this covert crap we, we always we do like a hundred show per year, shows per year So we travel a lot and I got, so I was, we were traveling a lot and I would always go out and buy vinyl because it was cheap and you could still, you know, make some good finds, you know, because it hasn't gone popular again yet. Cool. So I bought a Mm -hmm. lot of vinyls uh, and I still, of course, now you can get everything on great reissues and uh, you know, whatnot because the labels and bands have discovered that, Hey, we can get people to buy that same old crap music for, for a fourth time <laughs> or fifth time because there's idiots like me out there yeah and we, we bought the vinyls when we were kids then we bought the, the cds then we bought the vinyls again yeah like, and I, making- i've
2: been trying to yeah. explain this to to phil because i i counted my I, I am in the lower parts of of this i only got like i think it's 16 or 17 copies of of Kiss Alive, the first one, because that's what was my first Kiss Records. And Phil goes, what the hell? Why the <laughs> hell do you need like 16 <laughs> copies of the same album? Well, I don't know. It's different pressings. So help me out, Bjorn. What is yeah. it about us? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm not that big of a nerd. Sorry. I don't, I don't do that. I'm, the... alone.
2: <laughs> I'm so alone.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. No. I actually promise. Well, I- here's what happened to me. When I started buying vinyl again, I realized that my old Kiss records were all worn out. I mean, I-, I treated those covers very poorly when I was six years old. They were just thrown around, and I was trying to draw them by putting thin paper and draw them. So there's like grooves in them. And, you know, I, I again, I had played the needle through the plastic. So I yeah. decided, you know, I need, I I, I deserve one great copy of it, each KISS album, you know. So I'm going to get that. So, of course, growing up, we all heard about Japanese pressings, right? Yeah. That they were supposed to be the best sounding ones. And uh, this was when, let me say eight years ago. So I started looking into that. Uh going on eBay, deciding what, what collection I wanted. There's all different kinds of collection. There's, you know, the Ob Phil, you know, what that is, on the Japanese presses, it's mm-hmm. this red paper that they wrap around the covers. And they're unique for okay. every record. There's they're, they're always very beautifully, you know, drawn. And so there's different lines mm-hmm. of those. There's yellow, there's red, there's the crazy collection, there's whatnot. So I decided on a series that I wanted, and I started buying Japanese vinyl uh so i i cool. got the f- first two or three home and i just felt totally in love with japanese vinyl the the paper uh, uh, the covers are a bit thicker and uh, there's always extra goodies in them i mean we who like packaging <laughs> like stickers or <laughs> uh, lyric sheets and of course the obi so i started getting um Japanese KISS finals. So I, I, it took me like three years, three or four years. And I swear the same week that I got the last one, it was a promo copy of Creatures of the Night. The same week KISS announced the reissue of their whole vinyl catalog. <laughs> so I could have just gotten those. But <laughs> but of course, I mean, so I got, I got totally stuck on Japanese finals. That's, that, that's the ones I, if, if I can, if there's albums I really like,
2: I try to get the Japanese
0: finals because they do sound better.
2: You're not fooling me I could hear it in your voice <laughs> that you like this <laughs> we we all get a sense of 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 uh, uh you, you know when when you get misty eyed when you talk about those japanese vinyl I mean it's there is something special <laughs> there so you're a nerd bjorn like me Oh yes I, I
0: am a nerd. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't yeah, try no. to fool me. No, you're right. You know, but
1: it, it's
0: it's uh, once you once you've done it. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's a very special thing. It
2: is. It is a special thing. I mean, those most, Japanese... when it comes
0: to, when it comes to kiss, you can't you can't collect everything. No, no, it's no, impossible no. because there's so much crap out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think I think these
0: these feel a little bit exclusive, and I also like the way they sound. I'm not kidding you. I I actually do.
2: Yeah. I'm fo- I'm focusing on, on, on first pressings of, of, of the of the US ones and then on the, on Japanese. Right. So, right. So Hard, hardcore stuff. Yes. <laughs> hardcore.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, Mike's hardcore for <laughs> I, sure. I, I am.
0: But you still you still can't beat Chris Laney. You know you know no, the pressing?
2: No. The pressing. no yeah. You know what he's got, right? Oh shit. He told us. Uh I mean it's it's that man is He's horrible, yeah, but yeah, I like him. Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> no, He's test- such a great guy.
0: That, I mean- oh, yeah, for sure. He's a good friend. But that pe- test pressing, I would steal yeah, from him yeah. in a second if I got the yeah.
2: chance. I will hold the door and, and you sneak in. And, yeah, let's do, let's do it. And we can look at it it. Chris,
1: you're warned. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The big heist. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. All right, Bjorn, well, I think that's going to do it for, for this week. Thanks so much for coming on the show and Thank sharing you so all much, your man. all your stories and, and all that stuff. It was it, a lot of fun.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure.
1: Hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. And until next week. Later. Later. If your ears aren't bleeding by now, well, you didn't listen to Sounds on Vinyl the right way. So go back and listen again. Sounds on Vinyl is hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer, and produced by Booze Hound Entertainment. Go to
2: soundsonvinyl.com to support the show, to dive deeper into listening and collecting vinyl. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen so you never miss an episode.
1: Thanks for listening, and for all your motherfucking support.